0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to bluenile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
1: In the UK, small and medium-sized enterprises account for 99.9% of the business population. And for those who
2: run them, it's more than just a job. It's the first time in 25 years that we've achieved uh, women on the board. So when they asked me, I did laugh actually i laughed a lot i said to them why on earth would you want me to sit on the board and they said because we think you could bring a lot to it and i was like what are they talking about they must be crazy we do bring a different side to the to the business which i think is a great thing
1: welcome listener to beyond the balance sheet i'm ashley bloom and i'm your host In this podcast, we learn about some hugely inspiring people and discover that financial metrics are not the only measures of success. This week, we talk to Kerry G, Managing Director of the Millbrae Group. Kerry discusses how suffering a loss affects your business mindset, the battle we all have with imposter syndrome and what it takes to be a managing director in a male-dominated environment. So Kerry, welcome to the Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. I can't wait to delve a bit deeper into your journey because I know you've been on such a roller coaster, but to kick things off, I'd really love to hear who you are, what do you do and why do you do
2: it? So Kerry G and uh, I run a transport company, which involves moving of pallets, international freight, domestic freight, anywhere and everywhere. And why do I do this? I often question myself in the morning when I'm coming into work. I quite like my job. I quite love what I do. I enjoy being able to be part of people's businesses and pushing them forward. And I like the challenge.
1: The Milbray Group is a family run business. So, can you talk me through how it first began?
2: So, 25 years ago, We had lost our previous business in the recession and we were looking for something new to do. Alan Soraf introduced us to a company, a startup company, APC, which was made up of several business owners in transport industry and they wanted to build a network and that's how we became involved with it. It was a very small setup to start with just a few shareholders and um, that got it together and we just jumped into it with a couple of vans secondhand vans we did it between myself my husband and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law run the office in her bungalow at the time I was pregnant at the time that when we started the business with my son Frank and I once he was born I went back onto the road and my delivery area was Barking So I used to take Frank in the van in his baby seat and do my deliveries. And then when it was time for his little bottle, we used to pull over in a lay-by, feed him, wind him, and then carry on with the deliveries and collections. (laughs) That is amazing. So Frank was literally born into the business. Yes, he, he was, bless him.
1: And you were originally running the business alongside your husband, Phil. However, in 2017, Phil sadly passed away. How did that affect your motivation to continue
2: running the business? Well it was tough to be honest at that time obviously grieving is a big part of that but I think we'd worked so hard trying to achieve what we had already for me to let that all go would have been almost criminal. I I felt like I owed it to Tony and Philip to continue doing the good work that we'd already started. Obviously I have got the most incredible team of people around me, which really does help. Yeah. But I think it's a challenge, whatever you do, but you've got to try and put a positive spin on it. And work was quite a good thing for me as well, like to keep me going, to keep me motivated. So I kind of love what we've done and I love what we do. So to get up in the morning and just face the challenge head on, even though probably my mind wasn't 100% with everything and to have the push from obviously APC head office, I went onto the board about three months after he died so, I got a real insight to the other side of what we do at APC and at the depot level, just seeing from the outside how everyone's managing and coping. And I think that kind of spurred me forward. I think it's quite incredible what we've done. So, I think you dig deep and you find your way forward with it. And I think I'm probably only there's a few of us girlies in this industry, but in the APC network, there's not many women depot owners and I quite like that in my mind I feel like that's quite an achievement to be able to push it through and achieve so many great things because a lot of the time guys they don't mean to but they do uh, come across like women can't do this you know we're we're not strong enough to be in this industry but actually it's good and we've got a lot more girls coming through now and I I really enjoy that so I feel like I had to make a stand to show people that I can do what I can do even though Philip's not sitting yeah. by my side, I can achieve this.
1: And I think that's such an important message because when anyone in business goes through such a loss, it's it must be incredibly hard and I can't even imagine how hard and I'm so sorry I had to go through that. It's one of those things that you can take that in so many directions and all of those are fine you know every yeah. single way that you take it is fine. but I think for you to be so motivated to almost do your husband proud, and keep going with what you'd been building together. And as I said earlier, it is a family run business. That's a huge part of what you've always kind of done together, I guess. But yeah. then also the motivation you had to inspire other women in business and I guess to inspire your son, because I know that now and we'll come to this later. He's such an intrinsic part of running the business with you. Absolutely. As you said, it gave you a purpose and a reason to keep going in yourself. When you went through that loss, did it change your mindset towards business in the sense of how you looked at management and how you looked at empathy and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, it it did actually. I felt like I needed to start to build a younger team around me. So my main focus was to start to look at that and encourage the youngsters to kind of set themselves a little bit higher than what they were. And and let them see that they could start to achieve things as well because this industry is ever growing. And even if it wasn't that they were always going to stay with me long term, that they'd always have this transport background that they could utilize wherever they decide to take their career. I kind of got a bit tougher in certain areas, especially with customers. Yeah, (laughs) I think they were so used to dealing with Philip. So I had to change how I was going to do things going forward. Philip always run the business, what we always used to say, off a fag packet. So, it, you know, he was just like, he'd write things down and that'd be that. And that's how it was. Whereas for me, I had to have everything lined up so I could understand where I was going with things, how how things was going to go forward. So I've probably looked at making things more steady for me, making more management decisions, putting more processes in place so that we can all follow those processes. And if something starts to slip, we can look at it as a team together and work out where we should be pushing our efforts to make it a lot easier to deal with. So those kind of things, I think, that's what I've put yeah. in place more, you know, like a, a different management style, not just fly by the seat of your pants type situation. Yeah, it sounds
1: like <laughs> you took a very strategic direction. I had to. And, yeah. And whereas Philip, it sounds like, was
2: definitely someone who acted on gut and spirit. I think that was probably how him and his dad were. And it was kind of old school. Yeah. And it's probably how a lot of businesses were back in the day. I think now especially with my young team, they like the fact that we have a process to follow. And I think that makes you a bit more accountable for what you're doing in your day-to-day. So it's made life a lot easier for me. And the other thing that we try to do now is a positive mindset. So in the office, I think if we start to get too negative, it just brings negativity constantly. So we have like a bit of a giggle. We have a bit of a tough tough day. So we have a little timeout, we have a little chat, put ourselves back into a positive mindset. And we do lots of different things to encourage that in the office now, a lot of team building.
1: You mentioned, obviously, three months after Philip passed away, you were invited to join the APC board. And when you first walked into that board meeting, you once told me that you had a
2: real feeling of imposter syndrome. So when they asked me, I did laugh, actually, I laughed a lot. I said to them, why on earth would you want me to sit on the board? And they said, because we think you could bring a lot to it. And I was like, what are they talking about? They must be crazy. And I remember phoning my brother and saying to him, you won't believe what's just happened. And he said, you've got to do this. And I was like, really? I said, this is such a crazy situation. So I put my heels on. And I bought myself a new dress and I walked into the room and I just remember feeling quite sick about the whole thing, actually. But thinking to myself, what are you doing here? There's all these guys sitting at this long desk and there's me. It's a really strange thing, Ash, because although I'm quite proud of what I've achieved, I don't really know how to explain it because I've almost felt like I wasn't good enough to be there, I suppose. Yeah. And why would my thoughts... Be necessary to their way of thinking you know what what could i bring to them that they haven't already achieved so i sat and listened for the first hour and i sat next to my ceo jonathan smith who um, who i get on very well with he's a south london boy and somebody said something I can't remember what but someone said something and and it just literally came out of me I went well I don't like that I don't agree with that and I was all of a sudden I was thinking oh my god where's that voice come (laughs) (laughs) and it was almost a natural thing for me to fight back because I'd heard something that I wasn't happy about yeah and I remember Jonathan saying to me oh so you did have something to say and then it became a lot easier for me to have a view on on certain things and listen to what was going on in our network and trying to help people push the business forward, which is what we're trying to do all all the time. I actually quite enjoyed it. It was quite quite good, I have to say. And like I said, the guys were amazing. When I came off the board, Margot, one of my friends and she, she's a depot owner. She's now gone on in my place, which is fantastic. And also we have another lady on there now. So it's the first time in 25 years that we've achieved uh, women on the board and it's not, it's not run by the guys necessarily. And we do bring a different side to the to the business, which I think is a great thing.
1: And it's such an interesting one because imposter syndrome affects So many people. And I think to hear that it affects anyone from employees who are getting their first job out of uni to these business owners like yourselves who get invited onto a board and are just feeling like they don't belong. And I think it's really hard to feel like, I guess, you're not just acting and winging it, but that you actually know what you're talking about and having the confidence to stop being so humble and to just start. Being confident with your ideas
2: and articulating them in a
1: way?
2: I think as well. I I worry about how it would come across to someone. So I know how to do my day-to-day and different people you speak to in different ways. So you know, like customers I speak to one way, staff in the office another. When you're sitting on a in a board meeting and you're trying to get your point across, sometimes you can't articulate very well. You know, you You're trying to say it one way, but actually, I think the best way is just to be yourself. And I remember saying to you, my voice is terrible, I come across terrible. And all these things, they're so not important. The, uh, The point is to get your point across the best way you can and feel comfortable about it. And I think that's really where you have to go. That comes with confidence, it does come with confidence. But actually, to believe in what you're saying is the best thing. So if you believe it, they will believe it.
1: A friend of mine, Stephanie Sword-Williams, she's just published a book. If you're listening, check her out. She coined the term FOSS, which is fear of sounding stupid. Yeah. (laughs) And she said that basically she's never spoken to a business owner or an employee that has not said they've, they suffer deeply from FOSS. Yeah. Which is very intrinsically linked to um, imposter syndrome. You mentioned when I invited you to do the podcast, Kerry, you were like, oh, but my voice. And when I decided that with Raffingers we were gonna host this podcast, I said exactly the same thing. Oh god, who's gonna want to listen to my Essex? Horrible <laughs> accent. But um as you kind of jump into these things, and this is advice for anyone from you know a high net worth individual that runs a huge business to somebody just starting out is don't suffer from fast
2: no no just 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 go for it. it just do it embrace it and I think and that's that's the thing we're all we're all born to be happy and I think actually you've just got to live live your life accept the challenges but just believe in what you're you're doing and what you're saying I think it's really really important because without that belief you can't achieve and you know what most people can achieve anything if they set their minds to do it
1: without a doubt so your son yes. he was slapped around with you yeah. all over the place <laughs> as a baby as an yeah. intrinsic part of your business and now and I think it was since your husband passed away Frank is very much running it alongside you am I correct
2: yes he is
1: So Frank, he's part of this journey and massively invested in it. And it's so lovely that it's stayed in the family. But how have you personally found balancing, obviously being this successful female boss Mm. to also being a mum, to also working with your son and balancing all of that while still trying to maintain a healthy work-life balance and separating the
2: two? Well, there are days. It can be difficult. You have to kind of sort of switch into about several different people in a day. And I suppose for a while, me and Frank had a, a bit of a clash. And um, I think you kind of go through, when you're going through an emotional state as well, mm-hmm. um, Frank was quite angry at the fact that obviously his dad had passed away, angry with the situation. So that's my mothering side that wants to come and put my arms around him. But then obviously we're in an office, we're working, we've got a team of people around us. And you have to be a little bit tough as well. So it's a difficult one. I think you have to try and find a balance, which is what we've found. And we've both got different strengths, me and Frank. It takes a while to get there, but <laughs> we've found them. So we've kind of swapped roles slightly and it, it works really well. I think you have to kind of, at the end of the day, just when you go home, switch off from it. Don't talk about work because you know it's going to be there the next day. Try to have your weekends. I mean, we do try to have our family time together without discussing it. But like you say, our business, literally, we live and breathe it. Yeah, And we have done for 25 years. So it is tough. And me and Frank now do completely sort of separate shifts. We have a swap over in the middle of the day. So I will see him for about three hours in yeah. the middle of the day. And then when he leaves the office at about 2 he says to me, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm very proud of him. I mean, he's achieved for his age. Yeah. He's achieved such a lot. You know, he's really grasped it. But, you know, like I said to you, probably in the last year, we've found our strengths as to what we can both bring to the business. And and that's how we utilize our time now. He, You know, and he's still young. I'd say still a kid growing up. How old is he? He's 25.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's super young. And to go through what he's been through with losing your father, I mean, that is something so hard to go through as a kid, especially at that age. As you said, it was 2017. So that was kind of the height of when your emotions are just crazy, anyway. So I can imagine the anger and as you said, all of that that he went through whilst whilst trying to support you in the fact that you were going through it and the business. So I think for the both of you to be able to stand side by side today and have found your balance with regards to both your work balance and also your home balance. I mean, I'm proud of both of you because I think that's the most incredible achievement.
2: Yeah, it's, it's tough. And also I think probably when you lose someone, everybody deals with death differently and obviously there is a lot of anger involved in that but I think sometimes people could probably relate to this if they've lost someone in their life that's close to them you feel like you can't talk about it it's like a bit of a weakness so everyone kind of homes in on their own feelings and they don't really open up and I would say that actually to open up is probably the best thing you can do when you're having a crap day just tell everyone you're having a crap day (laughs) Because people will accept it. I think if you try to mask everything all the time, you're actually not benefiting yourself. It's worse because you're coming across as something that you're not. And I think everybody is entitled to have a rubbish day or to be able to put it out there and just say, or, you know, if you're working in a close office and people should be mindful that things go on in other people's lives and you have to accept that and and just be a bit kind about it rather than shouting and screaming at each other. And I think that's probably where me and Frank have learnt now. You know, if I'm feeling a bit rough, I just say to him, look, it's been a bit of a tough one today. If it's anniversaries coming up, birthdays. Of course. You know, you, you do. And it, it does have an implication at work because this is your life, isn't it? You spend most of your time at work.
1: And I think business owners notoriously suffer from business owner isolation, whereby they go through stuff like this or they have a health scare or whatever it might be. And they feel like they're in it alone and that they can't burden their team with how they're feeling Even if it's just something, you know, in the business, like a fraud scan or whatever it might be, and they feel like they have to deal with that completely on their own. Yeah. And I think what you say is so inspiring because you're basically saying, just tell your team because I imagine in doing that and by doing that, you avoid that feeling of just being in it alone and that
2: isolating feeling. I think the thing is once you start to talk about things it's surprising how many people out there are feeling like you are it's not a sign of weakness and I think that's probably where maybe some people go a bit wrong especially if you're in a position where people look up to you I find that sometimes I'll say to people let's go and have a quick chat and we'll go outside in the in the yard and have a little walk around and we'll talk about something that might be going on in their life. And then if you relate it to something that maybe has happened previously to yourself, people go, oh yeah, yeah, I get that. And I say, well, maybe do it this way or do it that way or handle it this way. And and actually it brings their spirits up a bit. And I think it works both ways because I, I think if you're not talking about things, you can't move forward. It's really important when you're working in a team. Sometimes I've come in especially not long after Phil had passed away, I was literally waking up in the morning panicking about everything. I'd be looking at whether the financially we were okay. I'd be worrying about the home. I'd be worrying about the kids. I'd be worrying about the staff in the office. And you just feel engulfed with everything. And you feel like you can't talk to anybody. People are going to think either you're stupid or, oh, here we go. Knew this was going to happen. Kerry's lost her husband. She's about to collapse. Everything's all going to go wrong. And you just feel like you can't say anything to anyone. And now I've got a completely different mindset of it. I just think to myself, you know, people need to understand that we are running a good successful business, very proud of what we've achieved. But you know what? I'm a human being. I have bad days and you might as well know about it. You were the first female on the APC board
1: and obviously your industry anyway is incredibly male-dominated. How do you find working in such a male-dominated environment? Is it tough to navigate? And what are kind of the pros and cons of, of working in that sort of environment?
2: I think when you're a woman in a male industry, you have to work a bit harder. You have to have a bigger voice. I think that's really important. And I think in your mind, you have to think that you can't be beaten down by, like not intimidated. I think that's the problem. I think women could often feel quite intimidated around so many guys. I I think that's the hardest thing to, to get over. As the time's gone on, I found it quite easy. Actually, we kind of put a softer side to the transport industry because years ago, I remember in the offices, everyone smoked cigarettes. And if you didn't smoke a cigarette, you started smoking a cigarette because you all wanted to be joined in to all the people in the office. It was like, you know, it was that kind of thing. And actually, I think now the whole industry is starting to, to change a little bit and women bring a different side to it a softer side actually in as much as we look at things in a different perspective rather than being a bit black and white I think we kind of look at the in-between bit and actually that was probably the bit that might have been missing I think women can achieve so much I almost feel like actually it was a bit caveman like at one point men go out in the transport industry and earn the money and the women sit at home (laughs) you know, looking after okay. the families. Yeah, it is a little bit. It's definitely moving forward. Definitely. We've got some great people, great women in the industry there, and they're very successful. Ready to
0: pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: Kerry do you find as a female business owner it's harder to be taken seriously and I mean in a sense of people from the outside so say you were forming a new partnership or you were looking to acquire a new business or a new area of your business do you find that initially you're treated differently to how Philip was when he was running it.
2: Yes, I would say so. It's a funny thing. I think if Philip walked into a room, everyone would listen. If I walk in, I'm quite little and small, red-headed, the kids call me a troll. I think people think, oh, what does she do then? Because it's it's almost like they sort of judge you on your what you look like. I think people do that a lot. Rather than actually waiting to hear what that person's got to say they kind of look at you first that can be quite challenging sometimes I recently had a meeting with a guy who was about five times the size of me he walked through the door and I looked at him and I thought oh my god how am I going to handle this one and I just in my mind I had to pretend I was about 10 foot tall and just (laughs) be quite focused about how I was going to deal with it Um, And actually, he was a really nice guy and we got on really well and um, we're still working together. So I think maybe you have to imagine yourself to be someone completely different in your mind to get yourself over something like that, because people do judge people on what they look like, don't they?
1: I think a lot of the time it can definitely be in your head, too, because of the history of women in business. And it is a new thing, right? There's still so many conversations. It's so topical about equal pay and this and that because there is still such a difference. I guess it goes back to imposter syndrome of walking into a meeting and them just thinking that you're this timid little girl as opposed to a woman who has been running this successful family business for as long as you can remember, really. I think when you remind yourself of who you are, your skills, your journey, what you've managed to overcome... And then take that to step into that first meeting
2: with. Your mindset would be so different. I think you have to remember to remember. I've met people before when I've been in company and they've asked me, you've got your business. Is it a big business that you run? I say, oh, no, it's just a few vans. And, you know, that's basically what we do. And if I've been with my brother, he's looked at me as if to say, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> You know, because but you maybe that's what people do. They play it down a little bit. I think.
1: Women do, and so maybe the next time somebody asks you, you should say, "I'm Kerry managing director of a very, very <laughs> successful transport company,
2: and bloody proud of it." Yeah, and you know what? You're probably right. You should do it, but the thought of me even saying that, it just would it. I don't know. It just feels uncomfortable, and that's that's the strange thing, isn't it? You just think to yourself, why? Why would you not be? I think as women in business, we absolutely need to overcome
1: that fear because it shouldn't be any different. And unfortunately, the world has shaped it to be that that is our mindset. It's so hard to overcome that because I I, I wouldn't even know where to begin because it's so ingrained in the way that you grew up. When you said the industry that you're in is quite archaic in a sense that it was still the men went to work and the women were at home. Yes. Yeah. That mindset's so embedded in you, even though you're the you're the MD.
2: Yeah. I think it gets easier as you get older because you care less for what people think. I don't mean that you don't care what they think, but you don't really care if they judge you or not. It's not important in your life. I think when you're young and like social media side of it, it, it can make it worse, I think, for young women now. As you get older, it does become a bit easier. I'm quite I'm quite humble really I think maybe that's what it is I think you're definitely humble which brings (laughs) me perfectly into the next question which is
1: the least humble question that I've got which is what's your business superpower what is it that you do that nobody else does
2: oh my goodness I really wouldn't even know how to answer that Ash to be honest with you what do I do I don't know I just get up and get on with our day i'm quite quite positive with the atmosphere at work i try to encourage that a lot um i love being around my team but i i don't know what would be my thing so maybe your
1: superpower is that you have a contagious case of positive energy
2: yeah maybe that infects your entire workforce without you even realizing it maybe it'd be nice to think that's what it is mind you they might say something different but i think yeah i think you know just just positivity I think with everything everything you do just you know work home life whatever try and achieve what you can really and
1: what would you say again this is your opportunity to essentially brag but what would you say is your kind of is your biggest business success so what are you most proud of that you've achieved so far in your career journey
2: I think to be honest, to get, to get to where we are now with everything that's gone on, I would say that is probably my biggest achievement. It makes me feel quite emotional actually even saying that because if I think back to where we've come from, we've had some real tough times, even when Philip was alive. Um, to be able now to say in confidence that I'm very comfortable where our business sits right now, And I've got a a great team of people here. I think that would be my biggest achievement because there's so many businesses now that are struggling, obviously with the COVID situation and and everything else. But to be able to successfully master our way through this, and it has been a challenge, and to be where I am now, having done this on, on my own, you know, because at the end of the day, it was only me that could have pushed it forward. As equally, I could have just dismissed it out of hand and let it all go. I would say that's probably my biggest achievement. And, I, and if I'd be so bold, I would say that I was quite proud of myself for getting that far.
1: I think, as you should be, it's a massive, massive achievement. I know that, I guess, you've had some really tough, tough challenges and we've touched upon them. But would you say there are any mistakes that you've made in the past that you're kind of pleased you've made because shaped something in a better way. Yeah. I
2: mean, to say that you never make mistakes would be foolish. Yeah. When you're a, a business owner, I think trust is really important. And I think you shouldn't necessarily put all your trust into some people. I think you should be very careful and always kind of protect yourself with what you're doing. I had a recent incident a couple of years back and obviously it was a difficult time as well but it made me realize that actually people and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful but people are only out for their own gains and I think when you're in business you need to be very mindful of that so always be looking in between everything rather than thinking what that person is saying is necessarily right just be be aware of all the little bits and pieces that go in around. So uh, that that would be one thing I, I would be very careful of. You're never quite sure what might come out of that. Um, unfortunately, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. And I think actually it made me realise, you know what, you can't necessarily trust all the people all the time.
1: I think that brings me really nicely to my next question, which is if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody either starting a business or kind of growing a business, what would that piece of advice be?
2: I think be really confident and really happy about what you're about to embark on and really believe it. Because if you don't believe what your product or your business, or if you really don't believe it in your heart, I don't don't think you can make a success out of it. Success isn't always about money. It's about the the feelings that it gives you inside, your happiness as well. I, don't, I think if you're not happy with what you're doing, you'll, you'll never achieve. So for me, I would say make sure that you actually believe in your product, what you're about to embark on. I think that's a real, you know, I just had a, actually a new sales guy start. And I said to him, how are you getting on? He was like, yeah, really enjoying it. I said, how do you feel about the business? He went, absolutely love it. I said, well, that's good. Then you'll be successful. I said, because you can't sell if you don't believe your product. And, and I think that goes for any business. Be focused on what you do, but really believe it in your heart.
1: What you just said is perfect because this podcast is all about what's beyond the balance sheet. And as you just said, success isn't just how much money you're making, it's the feelings that go with it. So you do have to really, really believe in the power of what you're doing and feel the success as opposed to just see the success.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people work hard. You have to get up in the morning and just be thankful for what you've got, but also be, be wanting to go into your office, be wanting to fight today's challenges because they're all going to come at you. There's no doubt about it every single day. But if you are happy with that, then you will be successful with it. And I think, you know, you can have all the money in the world and be the most miserable person on earth. What, what, what's the point? That's my positive view of working. What's next for your business? What's, what's, what's in the pipelines? Oh, gosh. Well, I don't know. Frank's always talking about more depots, which uh, I think would probably be the next move. Obviously, it's challenging at the moment because of the situation we're in. We don't really know um, from, well, like every business day to day with this COVID situation, tra- transport is ever growing. But I think just to continue to grow the company, we've got some plans for our Kemp branch at the moment and, and we're being approached a lot from different companies to to extend the business into more pallets and international freight. So it, it's definitely something that me and Frank are always looking at. I'd like to think that in about five years I might be able to slow down. Mm-hmm. Take some holidays without a face mask would be nice. I think what if it happens, that would be great. For me, it's about building my team now and um, you know, building a, my young fresh team into striving forward and, and managing the business on a day-to-day basis. And like I said, just growing the company, that's really where I see it. I try to take each day as it comes. You know, I think things actually come to you when you open your mind up a little bit. And I think, yeah, I think if you put it out there, things start to come your way. And at that point, if you find it quite interesting, then jump in on it.
1: Kerry, look, that was absolutely incredible. And thank you so much for doing this podcast with us. I have learned so much from everything that you've just said. And I know our listeners are going to be super inspired about everything that you've just said and are inspired So thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Ash. Thank you. That was such an inspiring conversation with one of the most inspiring women. I think the best taking from that is that even people who are at the top of their game still suffer regularly from that feeling of imposter syndrome, and it's absolutely normal to think that you're somewhat blagging it when actually you should be less humble and start being more proud of your achievements it's also important to note that for anyone who has lost a loved one and can't find the motivation with regards to work it's okay to take the time you need to get your head straight but it's also absolutely fine if you want to jump back at it because you want to do your loved one proud if you liked this episode go have a listen to the rest of the series we are raffingers and you can find us on instagram twitter and linkedin alternatively you can check out our website www.reffringers.co.uk I have been your host Ashley Bloom and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet.